Welcome to the Hub Crawl, a weekly round to a podcast discussing all things Disney. I'm Teg. And I'm Eric. Each episode, we invite two guests to bring a question and talk about one of our favorite things, Disney. This week, we want to welcome the host of the Bantha Milk podcast, a huge Star Wars fan like myself, and recent visitor to the Magic Kingdom. He's also excited that he won the contest to be a guest on the show. I don't know if there was any type of contest, but uh, welcome Rob to the show. Hello, thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Also joining us this week is Lindsay. She's a travel planner with Concy Ears. She marched in Disneyland parades with her high school marching band, and she's the mom of three boys. Welcome, Lindsay. Thanks for having me. Now, Eric, don't you have like a uh, you did some marching band stuff, too, don't you? I did some marching band stuff. I never marched on Main Street with the band, which is a a regret of mine. I did a concert band at the Tomorrowland stage in the Magic Kingdom. I also did multiple um, show choir exhibits at uh, Downtown Disney, where my show choir Heat Machine were our, our fanciful sequined vests with guitars and music notes on them. Really, the, the highlight was was not performing at Disney, although that was pretty great. It was it was great going behind the scenes and going into a rehearsal room and hearing them like, oh, here's how we will warm up our performers. That was really great. So, Eric, you're now known for three things on this show. You've known for not seeing Fantasmic, which is uh-huh. supposedly is being rectified next month. Uh, or this month as this episode goes live. Uh, spending a lot of money on Disney on-property hotels. True. And now for the for the sequin vest uh, show choir stuff. Uh, that, that came up early on. So yes. I've always been known for that. Well, you're missing out because marching on Main Street is pretty awesome. I bet. I can imagine. Rob, did you have a comment there as well? Uh, I just, I wish I had a sequin vest and I'm, when I was a kid, I marched on main street, but that was just because I was a kid and thought I was cool. You, you just walked down main street and they had cameras going. No, no cameras. That was just for me. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> just thinking that I'm, I'm the boss, but yeah, nothing important. You Jersey kids. I'm, yeah, that's what we do. We think, right. I think we rule things. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, everybody. Let's start off with our first question. Teg, would you please enlighten us with your question? Yes. Well, Magic Band Plus, that I think that is the name now. I don't know. Everything mm-hmm. has a plus on it, so who knows. Finally came to Disney World or is coming to Disney World. I, what, Eric, you know more about this. Did it finally come to Disney World? Well, today as we're recording, July 27th. Yes. Okay. So... You guys are probably all sort of at least tangentially familiar with it. What do you think of the program? And does this make the app-based things at the resort easier or better? Or is it just like another thing that people have to pay attention to and deal with? Uh, Rob, what do you think? So I didn't realize that there were, this was a 2.0 version of the Magic Band Plus that just came out until I heard Eric talking about it on on all of his other uh, podcasts that he's on. <laughs> In 2016, when we went, we had the regular magic bands and I loved them because we stayed on the park. You didn't have to worry about bringing anything else with you. You just had your magic band. You could buy your food. You could get into your hotel. You could get into the park, uh, all the rides, everything like that. So that was great. The last time that we went, we were only there for three days. We just had the good old fashioned cards to get into the park. And we were able to get on all the rides and everything like that with the cards. We didn't need the magic bands because we weren't doing all the extra stuff. We weren't buying stuff and putting it, charging it to the room or anything like that. Now that they plussed it and it has lights in it. I mean, how can you go wrong with bonus stuff like that, where you can hold your arm up in the air and when a fireworks are going off, your arm lights up as well. I mean, of course, you have to have this, and it's only $35. I mean, Disney, come on, everybody needs this. Seriously, I don't know. I think, why don't they, other than the fact that Disney wants their own money, I'm going to answer your question with a question. Why don't they incorporate it into the app for like an Apple Watch or like the Samsung Watch or something like that, where I already have a fancy watch on. Now I have to have a magic band on the other hand as well. That's my question to answer your question, but uh, I, th- I like it. I don't know if we need the new version with lights and everything else. And, and then Eric also said, you have to recharge this new one. 
And I like the old one that I don't have to recharge. So is it worth it for me? Probably not. I think that's that's the uh, my long version short. So that's what I'm going to say. Eric, can you answer my questions why there's not a watch included with it or no? Or just answer the Magic Band Plus? You know, I, I love that question, Rob. And it, it, I've seen people who have... Like at Disneyland, people have taken their QR codes for fast passes and integrated them into their watch and they can use it to get in. And technically it, it scans at Disney World. They've done all sorts of things, but really the only way to get into these rides is not a it, it's not an image. It's a it's an RFID tag. It's a, something embedded in your your thing that you're wearing. And when this whole Magic Band concept was was originally rolled out, it was years ago It was before an Apple watch. It was before putting something smart on your arm. So you had your watch and you're like, Oh, I got this other thing. It gets me into my hotel room. It's pretty cool. We all thought it was pretty great. And we didn't have to spend all day in an app. We just kind of loaded it into our thing and we were good. Now that the apps are there, they've, they've outpaced technology. And there's, there's so much to say about this, but I love that I have original magic bands that still work. The battery still goes, it still gets me into my room, still gets me into the parks, including some that are an interesting design, Uh, you know, a haunted mansion sort of like pattern on the band that I got at a special event at one of the Mickey's, um, you know, not so scary events around Halloween. These things still work because they have this old technology that it's not putting power out constantly. You don't have to recharge it. And I don't like the idea that we have to recharge things. I have to recharge so much when I get back to my hotel room. I got to recharge my phone. I got to recharge my iPad. I got to recharge my watch. Uh, If I played the switch while I was watching TV for a little while, I got to recharge that thing. Everything needs to be charged. There are USB ports everywhere if you're staying at a Disney hotel or most hotels. Let's be clear here. But having another thing to recharge is a little weird. That said, I love the gestures. I love that they've taken old technology and added things that you can do with it, like interact with other stuff around the parks, interact with the the events in Galaxy's Edge. Uh, interact with the golden statues that they have everywhere, the 50 different characters that they have sprinkled around the four parks. There's a lot to do, and I can't wait to see when it hits Disneyland what they're going to come up with there because there's nothing. There's no infrastructure there. And people have talked about it kind of back and forth for a long time. That Lindsay and Teg, I'm interested in your your perspective as as more lifelong Disneylanders. When you've heard about Magic Bands, what do you think? Because as a lifelong Disney worlder, I'm like, oh, I like magic bands and I will buy this new one, even though I don't need it. Uh, Lindsay, you're up next. Yes. So I do think they're very cute accessories to kind of complete your Disney look. And when you're at Disney World, I mean, you definitely still see plenty of people wearing them. So I feel like as of now, they're like a almost must have Disney World accessory just because of that reason. Like it's something that Disney World insiders love and wear. But I do think that, you know, smartphones are just making them obsolete. Like they do kind of save you from being on your phone because it's fun to like tap to get your ride photo or tap in for your Genie Plus redemption. But like, you know, for a Genie Plus, you still have to book it on your phone and you're still using your phone for mobile ordering and things like that. So I don't know. I just think they are losing their edge. Although, as you said, Eric, um, I think with them coming to Disneyland. I'll be interested to see how they hit it off there. Disneyland people definitely love their accessories and their products and everything. So I think there will definitely be a market for it. But I mean, same thing, aside from using it for like scanning in for tickets and maybe pictures, there's not a whole lot to do with them. What do you think, Tag? Well, I am kind of with you, Eric. I liked the original version of Magic Band. The first time I went to Disney World in 2016, they... They had the magic bands. They were giving them out as a, you know, when you book a hotel, like you just get them if you didn't have them. I always thought it was silly. And to me, it actually made more sense that Disneyland would have magic bands over Disney World because Disneyland is a locals park. Disneyland's a huge annual pass holder park or magic key holder park. Oh, they're going so often. Yeah. And so not only would you have a magic, like they would have magic bands and know how to use it the best. But it's just like ears and everything else. They'd want like all the versions of the Magic Band. So why would Disney not look at this and go, wow, 
here's a park that people come to all the time. They're going to want to accessorize with all of these different designs of Magic Band. It's just like money left on the table that they didn't do this. And I don't understand why they didn't do it. Some of the cool stuff that I like about Magic Band in general in Disney World that's different than just scanning it on the ride or scanning to get in your room or scanning to pay for something or scanning to get into the park is I loved when I was standing in queues and it could pick up your name and stuff and like put it on digital boards in the thing. So like Rock and Roller Coaster had a thing where it would make like the the awesome poster and it would know like if they had that information, it would know where you were from. And so like for me, it'd be like from Wisconsin, taking James like and, and you know, it was like this cool poster. And I was like, well, that's really neat. And it's a small world. Like it would say like, good, you know, adios tag or whatever. And so just that kind of personalization of the park I thought was cool that they never quite did with the phones. I think in Galaxy's Edge, that's going to be a huge thing because they can more accurately determine where you are and link stuff to that as opposed to your phone that you have to have out and active and all of this stuff. I do think it'll take people's faces out of their phones for some things because obviously, like Lindsay said, you're still going to be making your Genie Plus reservations and stuff in there. Um, But if I don't have to take out my phone to have the PhotoPass person scan, that's so much more convenient. If I don't have to take out my wallet to pay for something, that's so much more convenient. The light-up stuff, I wondered what happened with that because there was that whole, you know, I don't remember what the term was. The ears, yeah. They had the ears that would do it. They had a wand that would do it. And so I feel like they're just adding that technology. Glow with the show, that's what it was. That's what it was. Uh, And and now it's on the Magic Bands. Um, I did see a post today from the Tim Tracker from Disney World that uh, he already, like, I guess he had been to the parks one other day. I guess he got a Magic Band Plus, like, early because, you know, influencer stuff going on. And he said that his was already having, um, like, needed to be recharged. And he said that it's easy, though, because you can still recharge it while it's on you. There's, like, a port on the side. You can plug it into, you know, one of those... uh, you know, things you can get fuel rods, the fuel, rod. the fuel oh, yeah. rods. Everybody uh, wants to charge. carry around a fuel rod connected to their no, arm. I'm, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm just saying that at least it's possible uh, because one of the things with the current magic bands is once the battery died, I there's really not a way to change it. Unless you do some surgery. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is at least something that's rechargeable. Uh, so I think overall it's going to be a plus. I think it coming to Disneyland later this year is something everybody's been waiting for. I've wondered for years now, why did it not come to Disneyland? They kind of got halfway there with the barcodes for the phone, but it's it's so much more convenient with the watch. And I honestly thought, Eric, to to your point, that there I thought that there was a period where if you had the Disney World app, it would link with your Apple Watch and you could do something with it. But I don't remember the I just remember kind of seeing it in passing uh, that people could use their watches. But I don't know. Yeah, I think that happened for a brief period. You could put a QR code up there. It's kind of gone now. But you know what is also gone is uh, all of the apps. They're they're not great. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they try to do a separate thing. And it was explained to me that one of the reasons they're buggy and terrible is a lot of their infrastructure for the parks is built on top of really old antiquated stuff that just kind of works. And so every new Mm -hmm. feature is literally something that's just bolted on top of what's already there. And so at some point you get this Frankenstein of everything sort of working together. And I think that's where that, well, that wraps up our first question. We'll now go to Rob for their question. So what is your best or most memorable interaction with a Disney cast member? I, uh, I know personally, I have quite a few. So I'm very excited for this question because I, I like positivity. I feel uh, we need a lot more positivity out there. Everybody's always, you know, saying all these negative things, especially on this thing we call the internet. So let's, <laughs> let's use this internet for some positivity and let's say some good positive interactions that we've had. So Eric, tell me one of your favorite interactions that you've had with a cast member. Oh yeah. I also have had very many, I can remember a time when we left the Tower of Terror at a time where you still had to put your magic band by the thing to get the picture at Disney World. And the the cast member behind the counter said, oh, somebody's got their hands in front of your face. You should be in the front row. And he took us back into the line. He took us down the service elevator and got us back in and said, these two need to be in the front. And we got to go the ride again immediately. It was so great. But I think my most memorable, we, we talk about it all of the time. Whispering Canyon Cafe at Wilderness Lodge is one of our favorite places to get breakfast. And this was the trip that disney me. This is the one where I went past River Country and went, oh, yeah, there used to be a water park there. Oh, it's weird and creepy and decrepit. 
Let's learn more about that. Oh, yesterland.com. Cool. What a cool site. And, and, and things like that, where I looked at, I started looking into the background of the parks and learning about things and, and now cut to a few years later and I'm on uh, 17 podcasts. But uh, <laughs> at that time, I was just a guy who decided, you know what I don't need to do every morning? Rope drop. My wife and I don't care. We don't have kids. Let's go to the cafe in the lobby that we really like. And if we go there at like eight o'clock in the morning, nobody's there. And so we started to get to know the servers. And one of the servers there, he gave us a hard time the day that we went to Hollywood Studios. He's like, hey, where are y'all going today? And we said, oh, we're heading over to uh, not Hollywood Studios, uh, the other one, Universal. We're going to go see the, the Harry Potter stuff at Universal. He's like, oh, oh, you can't say that word around here. Sorry, sorry. And he ignored us for a while. And this is a cafe where they like famously... If you ask for ketchup, they ask everybody in the cafe to bring you their bottle of ketchup and put it on your table. They'll throw a ton of straws at you. It's it's a fun atmosphere. But we had gotten to know him and one other server so well. Where at, at like the one of the last days, I'm wearing a shirt that has like two mugs of beer with a little rainbow going between them. And he had seen my tattoo, which is which is a cross and it's got a Bible verse around it. And he goes, "Well, hell, you like Jesus and beer." You guys are my friends forever. <laughs> he, like the rest of the week, he just, every time we were there, he, he moved to our table and we all chatted with him. And it was, it was such a great interaction. It was one of the first times I went onto a survey app at the end of a trip and went, here's this guy's name. He was great. Totally made our experience. We would not have spent as much money <laughs> as we did at this lobby breakfast place. We will always come back to this place because, and there were time, there have been many times we've come back to Disney World and gone back to Whispering Canyon because we had such a great time there. Have you seen him there since? No, I haven't seen him there since. And I, 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 I feel bad because I can't remember his name anymore. But, um, you know, it was one of those things like I met so many cool cast members. And I, I hold on to their names as, as much as I can. Now you can put it into the app. You can recognize them in the app without having to go into City Hall, which is great. If you have a great interaction, do it now. Just go into your app and, and put it in because it's, it, it's a big deal and it means something to them. And it's more than it's not like they're getting like a, a giant bonus check because you said they were great. It's something that's that's good. And I've heard from other cast members like, oh, it's it's awesome when I hear feedback that I made somebody's trip because that's what you're you're there for. Why else do you work at Disney World? Why else do you work at Disneyland? It's not the highest paying gig out there. Um, it, it, like, that's a big deal. So please uh, reach out and compliment your favorite cast members at the end of your trip. Lindsay, what cast members have you enjoyed over the years? I've had a lot of good interactions with cast members um, throughout all of my trips. But one of my favorite stories is from the first time my family stayed at the Disneyland Hotel. And we were hanging out at the pool. And one of my boys asked a cast member, like, if Mickey was around, I guess. And he said, oh, let me go check. And so he left. And then he came back. And he told my son, oh, Mickey's not here right now, but he wanted me to pass this on to you. And he gave us a little, like, autographed headshot picture of Mickey like black and white glossy that was like signed by Mickey and he gave him this really cute like Mickey Mouse lifeguard pin because we were hanging at the pool you know and he said Mickey says he's really excited to see you later and my boys just thought that was like the best and I thought it was like the nicest so cute but those cast members are just so good at making magic whenever they can so I love that what about you take I mean I feel like all of you guys I've I've had a lot of great cast member interactions uh, the one that stands out to me because it was just kind of spontaneous and random was uh, it was when we were there for touch of Disney this is when Disneyland was closed and DCA none of the attractions were open it was just like a food fest basically uh, but the park was there and you could go in and like to get that little bit of fix at the end of COVID or middle of COVID or however you describe that time period. One-tenth of the way through COVID. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, somewhere in the vastness of the... Yeah. So uh, there's a a, a section of rope that kind of made it so you couldn't get close to the front of Disneyland. uh, And they were kind of having some people, you know, come that way. And there was this guest relations cast member out there and he had this board with with some trivia questions on it. And he was so 
energetic and nice and had such a passion for just being there. And I, I swear, it seemed like you'd never met a like happier person ever. And his name stuck out to us because it was so unique. His name is Philander. And we found out that he had an Instagram that is really like he puts a ton of time and energy into like every day he does Imagineering Mondays where he posts stuff on there about Imagineering and and like really in depth about different Imagineers and stuff. So on Instagram, it's philanderc85. And the other thing that's really amazing about his Instagram... So he was amazing in person. We saw him a couple days later, I want to say. We were in the DCA, and he was walking through the area in front of Carthay Circle Theater. And we saw him. We're like, hey, Philander, how's it going? He's like, doing great. How's your day going? Like, I don't think he remembered us from two days before. But like, he made me feel like he remembered us from two days before. But one of the cool things on his Instagram, too, is he has the cutest little daughter... And he always puts her hair in these like two little buns and she looks like a little mini mouse. And she's just adorable. And he, you can tell he just loves her to death and they go to the parks often. And he works in guest relations and does a lot of cool stuff. We are trying to get him on the, the other podcast, uh, DL Weekly, but, uh, we'll see what happens there, but it was just great. And, and we, if we ever do a VIP tour, I think we want to request him. If he does those type of things, I think we want to do that because, like I said, he just always in a good mood, always has a smile. He also watches all the Disney Plus shows. So like every morning, a new episode of something comes out and I wake up. He's like, short little review of the episode. Like, it was really great this week and it really showed this character off or whatever, but it doesn't really spoil it. So I always look forward to his reviews of that stuff too on Instagram. But in person, he was great and I love following him since then. I follow Philander too. Oh, you know Philander too? I follow Philander too. Yeah, I love him. He's one of my favorites. Those Imagineering Mondays, you really learn a lot from those Imagineering Mondays. Mm-hmm. I, I just looked him up and Lindsay follows him and so does Bethany, who's also been on the show. <laughs> like, okay, why am I not doing this? He's great. Uh, and like I said, he has all types of cool stuff on there. He gets invited to all types of cool events that he posts. Any type of cast member stuff, it's really great. So, Rob, uh, I mean, we're going to probably be here for like the next three hours with all your great cast member interactions, right? Oh, my goodness. So, and there's there's another one that I didn't write down. As Eric was talking about it, I feel like Eric and I's trips to the park have very similar uh, results. The first one was when we went to the uh, 50s primetime cafe. And it's another one of those restaurants where they're supposed to be like mean to you or whatever. But the guy was really down to earth. We went real late. He didn't have many tables. Uh, we started talking to him. He sat down at the table with us. We're like, what's it like working here? He's like, working for the mouse. It's great. Blah, blah, blah. And just like two friends just sitting down and talking. It was really, really awesome. He was so nice. He was so great. And then the next time we went, we went to the Rose and Crown mm-hmm. in in England. And the waiter there was from England. And he was really great. He was very energetic. A lot of fun running around, doing all the stuff. And I think it was a time we were waiting maybe for like a firework show or something. So we finished eating. There wasn't a lot of people there again. Same thing. He just started talking to us. We found out what his Facebook page was. We we're like, can we Facebook friend you? He's like, sure. So he types in his Facebook name. We were following him. We we're really following like this was before COVID, but he was like, yeah, he goes, I'm only going to be here for three more months. And then I have to go back to England and I really want to come back. So we were following him. And um, I think six months later, he was able to come back to the park and his Facebook thing was was blowing up and everything it was really, really cool. The one that I didn't write about was really funny. We were in Animal Kingdom and it was a character meet and greet restaurant. Daisy came over and I was jokingly hitting on Daisy in front of my two little kids. And she was like, jokingly. Jokingly, I mean, look, she was wearing the uh, the mountain gear, like she was she was looking good. So she like was covering her eyes and whatever. And then Donald came over, and then one of my kids goes, "Donald, my dad was hitting on Daisy." And then Donald started like giving me the eyes, like he's putting his fingers to his eyes, and he's like, "I'm watching you." And then as he's walking away, he's like staring at me as he's walking away. He turns a corner and he looks back at me, and he does the <laughs> eyes again to me. It was really, really funny. It was my kids were laughing hysterically. They're like, oh my gosh, Donald's gonna get you, blah, 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 all this stuff. Like it was 
really, really funny. But I think our favorite one was this trip. When we were at a different restaurant in Animal Kingdom, they told us we were the family of the day, which we ordered through the app, whatever we were waiting. So there was one area that was all roped off. They let us go sit over in this special area where nobody else was seated. And uh, it was a good time. We got extra free dessert, free sodas and stuff like that. Fast forward to the next day, we're in Magic Kingdom, we're in Space Mountain, and this cast member, Greg, was there. He starts talking to us, and my wife says, Greg, yesterday when we were in Animal Kingdom, we were the family of the day in the restaurant. What can you do for us? (laughs) He goes, well, um, I can't make you family of the day, but come over here for a second. He takes my wife over, and I see him. He's like pointing down this other hallway and blah, 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 whatever. And then she comes back. We get on the ride. We go through the ride, we're leaving, and then Sherry goes, follow me. And instead of turning right, we went left. And then we went back up the steps again, and we're standing at the emergency exit, and Greg sees us, and he goes, quick, come here, come here, come here. And he pulls us over, and the same thing that happened to you, Eric, he puts us right back in line again <laughs> for Space Mountain a second time. And uh, so it was so fun. Like it made us feel so special. Like, oh my gosh, we got this secret, you know, we got to sneak in, whatever. Then we're leaving and we see him helping this group of like four teenagers. He's like, follow me. And he takes them around the same (laughs) thing. So now he's doing the same thing for these kids. I don't know how many people he did it for that day, but I can guarantee everybody that he did it for that day all thought that they were the only ones that got this like special treatment and felt so cool about it and felt like, I got one over on the mouse because Greg was so awesome. He snuck us around and we did the app. We immediately wrote, you know, a compliment to Greg and whatever. Now we didn't say he snuck us around the back way, but we did say Greg was very nice and very helpful and all this other fun, good stuff there. So that was, uh, that was our best one was, was good old Greg. So if you're so GD plus out, isn't responsible for making the wait times longer, it's Greg at space mountain. <laughs> Making people go back through while the standby line just crawls. Just crawls. Yep. That's exactly what happened. Greg hooked us up and, Thanks, and Greg. everybody else up in the standby line. So, yep. So it's a 30 minute wait. Normally, if Greg's there, it's an extra hour and a half because everybody goes through three times. <laughs> but once you get up there, you get to ride it like three times in a row. So maybe it's all Very worth special. It. It's all worth it. That's right. <laughs> Oh, well, that's two questions down, which means we've reached our halfway point. If you want to recognize a special cast member, make sure you look at their name tag, clock their name and clock where they're from. That helps also the kind of time of day you were there and where you were. That's the kind of question you get asked in the app. Right, Rob? That is correct. You know what I always do that really helps? I I asked them if I could take a picture of their name tag. And then what that does is it tags the date and the time. And it has all their information on their name tag. And a lot of times in your photo apps or whatever, it'll show you where you were if for some reason you forget. And I just reference that information because then you get like even an exact time. Yeah, because they ask like what area of the park and what time was it? So if there's more than one Greg working at Space Mountain at 930 on Thursday, then multiple Gregs get congratulated for their hard That's nice. Yeah, take take that Greg who doesn't let me cut in line. I want to recognize Greg who lets me cut in line. Let's me. <laughs> anyway, if you like this sort of tip, please head on over to the hubcrawl.com/support and join our our patron group for $5 a month you can join our Discord community access group. You can also get access uh, to early episodes for $10 a month. For $20 a month, you can give us bonus questions. One of the best things about this show is is our bonus questions. We love getting through our four main questions, but then we go, you know what? Let's hang out for a little bit longer. Let's talk about something fun for just a little bit longer. If you want to enjoy that particular experience, please head on over to thehubcrawl.com slash support and support our show now. Helps us stay on the air and it, uh, it it helps us have a little bit more fun with each other. And you can share in that fun. You can even submit those questions. So please give that a check after you listen to this episode. Okay, well, let's get back to <laughs> some questions. San Diego Comic-Con went back in full force recently last weekend. They gave us some details on the next Star Wars series Andor and the Acolyte. What are you most excited about? Let's start with you, Lindsay. 
Okay, I realize I'm in really bad company to admit this. Oh no, <laughs> with Rob on too. But yeah, as, as long as you follow my podcast, you cannot like it. It doesn't matter. Okay, well, I will just say disclaimer: I do enjoy Star Wars. I really like you know the like trilogies, episodes one through nine. I love those. But I have to say, I'm feeling like overloaded on Star Wars lately. It's just hard for me to keep track of all the series and the comics and the TV shows and all that stuff. Um, I did really like Obi-Wan. I thought that was great. And my kids are super pumped for season three of Mandalorian to come back. But sorry, guys. Um, Okay, so on that note, Tate, what about you? Oh, man. I mean, uh, you know, there's all this Marvel stuff coming out, right? So I feel like, uh, you know, it's great to have all the Star Wars stuff. I do think that the where they've gone with it away from movies and towards TV shows seems to fit Star Wars better because you can kind of do more universe building and all that stuff. That being said, the two things I'm most excited about are uh, the little bit that I heard about Tales of the Jedi, which sounds like, uh, you know, Dooku before he fell to the dark side and some other stuff with Ahsoka as well. And then, of course, uh, hopefully in the Ahsoka show coming up, Grand Admiral Thrawn will show up. He is by far, I think, Thrawn is like the most awesome character in the Star Wars universe. And he's so smart and, and, and cunning and everything. And if anybody's read any of the Thrawn books or watched the, uh, Star Wars Rebels, this Rebels show, because he does show up in that as well. Uh, the only reason that Thrawn ever fails is because other people don't follow what he's saying. He's like, don't move your ships. Don't engage with them. They're going to come to us. And then you get some prick of a <laughs> Star Wars, you know, em- Imperial guy who's like, well, I'm not going to follow him. This is crazy. I'm going to go get my victory and show him. And then that's when the whole plan falls apart. I mean, that guy's blue. You're going to listen to a blue guy? Exactly, because what the heck? But uh, but no, Thrawn, uh, I I hope that he looks really good in the show because I'm sure that he'll show up in live action. He looked and sounded amazing in Rebels, uh, you know, I'm very excited for stuff with Thrawn. I I can't. And and if he comes to Galaxy's Edge, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, Rob, you love Star Wars. You probably know more about Star Wars than most people uh, on the planet. Well, thank you. I do love Star Wars, and I am very excited for short answer. Yes, everything that's coming out, I can't wait, because that's what my show is all about is talking about all the different shows that are coming up. So when they release new shows, it gives me to talk about on Bantam Milk Podcast. I'm very excited about that. So, yeah, I mean, the Andor that's coming up next looks really exciting. I was one of those people that did like that movie. I was a fan of the movie. So I'm excited to see uh, this takes place like five years before that movie was released. So it's going to be exciting to see what he's doing before he realizes that he helped create one of the worst uh, weapons of all time. The new Ahsoka movie or TV show looks awesome. And like you said, Thrawn over the summer, since I'm a teacher, I uh, spend a lot of time sitting by the pool and reading, uh, working really, really hard over the summer, almost as hard as Eric does when he goes to theme parks. But yeah, so I, I only read Star Wars books and I read the first Thrawn book last summer. And then I read these two other books and I just finished them. So I grabbed another Thrawn book and I forgot how awesome he is and how even reading the book, I'm reading it in the way he talks very slowly, very thought out. Everything he says is very thought out. And and like you said, cunning and and no emotion, no emotion. And and just like seven steps ahead of everybody else, like he knows what you're going to do in battle before you know what you're going to do in battle. And I just love how how smart they make them. And as I'm reading the books, you're almost rooting for the Empire. You're like, yeah, let's go. Like, come on, Thrawn, you can do this. So I am very excited for that because hopefully he'll be just as awesome in Ahsoka as he is in the books. And and even in, in Rebels, like you said, he was really, really good in Rebels as well. So it'll be interesting rooting for and against him all at the same time. I'm most excited about the third season of the Mandalorian, because that to me is the one that really brought star Wars back. Like I feel Filoni when he was writing this, he really was going all in on, on this Mandalorian. And 
I remember what before season one, everybody thought it was going to be Boba Fett. And then when it wasn't Boba Fett, everybody's like, what? There's more Mandalorians out there. And so that, but then the writing was so good. And then, of course, you know, you got Baby Yoda. So everybody loves Baby Yoda. We call him Norman on our show, but uh, you can call him like Grogu. Grogu. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's a great name and everything, but Norman just sounds so much better. So, you know, people love that. And the book of Boba Fett didn't have that same connection. With Grogu, I don't think like the characters in the first Mandalorian, I felt were so much better than season two was amazing. And Obi-Wan was great because it was very nostalgic and also new all at the same time. So the people who love the original, you know, seasons or episodes four five and six of the movies were really like, oh, this is the Obi-Wan. And even, you know, episodes one and two when young Obi-Wan and stuff. So we're like, okay, this is the Obi-Wan that that we like and everything. That was what I... It, it related to the Star Wars that I know the best. Right, exactly. So so it brought it all together where the Mandalorian is all new characters. So if you're not invested the way I am, you're like, eh, whatever. So, and then, you know, the other movies, TV shows, they, they could be cool. And, I, and I'm excited to see what they're going to do. The skeleton crew, the acolyte looks really cool. The Rangers of the New Republic. I feel like that's like a rewrite because of what happened with Gina Corana. Uh, the, the Lando season series could be really, really cool. Uh, Donald Glover's character of, of Lando Calrissian was, was very fun. Also in solo. I like solo, except for the way they gave him his last name. I thought that was really, really <laughs> bad. So Rob, I have a question for you. So producer James from DL weekly, he loves star Wars as well. Okay. And he came up with the concept for the Lando show. Listen to this and tell me okay. what you think. So Lando likes to embellish things. So what if the show was told like Billy D. Williams is in it, right? And he's flashing back to Donald Glover, you know, his younger self, and telling all of these stories of adventures he's been on, but in the embellished kind of way. And that's a cool way that you could have Billy D. Williams and Donald Glover like together. And could and it would just be such a fun show because you know he just embellishes everything. It would be very like uh like cartoonish almost because he'll he's gonna embellish what actually happened instead of just winning one hand, you know, he wins seven in a row or whatever. And it's like way, way over the top. Everything he does is way over the top. I like that. That would be a really, really cool way to do it. That'd be a lot of fun. So I think he he's on to something there. Uh, Disney should, uh, should hire him as a writer. So, yeah. So I think that'd be really, really cool. And I mean, maybe this will also help. I want to bring back capes like Lando wears Elvis. <laughs> I mean, I just saw Elvis. He's wearing capes. Lando wears capes. And the mode says no capes. Whatever. I mean, just because they get caught in shredders and kill you as a superhero. I'm not a superhero. I can wear a cape. I'm not going to be fighting crime. I just want to wear a cape. That's (laughs) all I want. So, yeah. So long story short, I'm excited for all of it because it definitely gives us more to talk about on our show. And I'm just a huge Star Wars fan. Nick and I on our show, we always talk about how we just want to be entertained. Like entertain us. If it's entertaining, I'm into it. Everybody's so cynical about, oh, well, that's not the way I wanted it to be, especially Star Wars fans. I don't know if you know this, but they're very, very cynical. Nobody hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm just always ready to be entertained. So I'm hoping that they're all entertaining of some sort. And then uh, and then I'll be very, very happy about it. So that's my take. Eric, I'm sure you being a Star Wars fan also are very saddened by all of the boring shows that are going to be coming out. So he's just boring. Gotta fit them in somewhere when he's not recording podcasts. That's the problem. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's, it, there's a lot. I was remarking to my wife recently. I'm like, why, when did the summer become the time where I have to watch all these shows? I've got <laughs> Obi-Wan. I've got Ms. Marvel. I've got only murders in the building. I've got what we do in the shadows. I have to watch TV every night. Every night. First world problems. Hashtag first world problems. Right? Seriously. So Ahsoka is my next big problem because I really, I, I love Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka. The, the rumors are we're heading back into the Rebel storyline where she's going after Thrawn and Ezra. Thrawn is so great. And I love that they brought Timothy Zahn back to write a new trilogy. He didn't rewrite. I was about to say he rewrote his original trilogy of books from the 90s. But he wrote something completely different. He took a character that he invented and he reinvented him and put him back into canon. 
which is so great because uh, Thrawn is great. He's blue. Ezra is pretty great. Will he be orange in the new show? I think he's going to be tan, right? Maybe he'll be tan, I guess, uh, as a regular person. Is he a regular human? I don't know. Maybe he'll be orange. <laughs> Only time will tell. It depends. In certain light, he'll be orange. Other light, he'll be tan. What a great character that was somebody that early on in Rebels were like, ah, here's another young person. And just like Ahsoka, at, by the end of the series, we're going, yep, I want to know more. Yeah, He did good. The first episode of Rebels, when they made him out to basically be Aladdin, I'm like, <laughs> an Aladdin remake? I'm like, oh. But then they really developed... Rebels is one of my favorite Star Wars cartoons. Like uh, The writing was very, very strong, very mature for a cartoon. The storylines in it were really, really good. So, Didn't you think, though, that all the Star Wars cartoon shows have all had the same problem, which it kind of takes the first season to go from like it's a kid's show to to being something that everybody's really interested in. Cause I True. feel like star Wars resistance got really good in the second season and then they canceled it. Yeah. Yeah. Star Wars resistance. The first season was very kidsy uh, and cutesy and whatever. And I felt the same thing. Like it was not nearly as, as strong as rebels. And even if you watch the clone wars, the very beginning of the Clone Wars, they didn't, they, I don't think they knew where they wanted to go with it. Like they were doing droid stories. It was like C3PO and R2D2 were getting into mischief on like one of them. And I'm like, where are we going with this? And that, that was the same way. Like that took till the second and the third season for it to really, really develop. So yeah, Resistance finally started to go somewhere. And then, like you said, then they canceled it. So I was like, okay. Well, Eric, we should probably get to round four because people listening are probably wondering, where are we going with this episode? We've thrown out the half an hour thing by a long shot this time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're rounding in on an hour. And that's fine because it was this has been some great discussion. But Lindsay, round us out with your last question. Okay. So when I talk with fellow Disney-loving fans, one thing that I've noticed we a lot of us have in common is that some part of our Disney love is tied to something nostalgic from our lives, like from our childhood. So my question for you guys is, what is something like from when you were a kid or something you've loved a long time that really like solidified your love for Disney? Take your first well, I mean, the very first thing I wrote as my answer for this was Lion King, because I feel like in my memory, Lion King sticks out so much as one of my favorite movies as a kid. I remember coming out and bought the souvenir book they sold in the lobby right afterwards. And then I begged my mom to buy all the toys for it and everything. And I had Pride Rock and all the characters and I owned I had posters and bedding and like I had everything but I have a picture of me as a little kid you wouldn't even recognize me standing with a I think I have a Simba Teddy like plush in front of my poster on my bedroom door that's Lion King from when I was a kid and so like it was a big deal to me but I realized that actually before that I fell in love with Disneyland because my mom took us in, I want to say 1988, because it was before Splash Mountain was open, because the second time we went, Splash Mountain opened. So I want to say it was 1988, and I remember coming home from that, and I had the park map, and I was building little models with the toys I have to build like a model of Disneyland, and I just loved the music. I think I had a cassette tape or a CD of music from it, and I just loved it. And of course, that love has continued on so, so many years later. And uh, so I think that that's kind of what did it. So uh, Disneyland nostalgia, uh, for sure. I also want to quote, we had this week as we record this episode, we just released an episode for DL Weekly with Imagineer Terry Harden. And uh, episode 245, for those of you interested who don't listen to that podcast religiously. And one of the things that she said was that the thing people like about Disneyland in general is kind of a lot of nostalgia. And it comes from, you know, people think that kids nowadays don't like nostalgia, but like everything's kind of nostalgia now. And people <laughs> love the 80s and people love the 50s and like, you know, everything's in a cycle. Mullets. I never thought mullets would come back. <laughs> and all COVID brought the mullet back. So if the mullet could come back, I mean, there's some nostalgia for some things, but Disneyland for. Sure. Rob, what uh, what is your nostalgia for Disney? So first off, in the late 80s, early 90s, I had a nice mullet going when they were cool. Now that they're back, I'm like, why? Why? We learned in the 80s to get rid of them. But now, <laughs> now you keep bringing them back. For me, I think 
and it's funny as a fan of, of this podcast, when the people ask the questions as I'm listening to it, I answer also along and I think of what my answers would be. And one of the questions in the one of the recent episodes was about what's your favorite Disney movie or whatever, or what movie, something along old movies and stuff. And I couldn't really think of a good one until this question came up. And all of a sudden I was like, Pete's Dragon was my favorite movie as a kid. Wow. I loved, I, I think it was the first movie that I saw were like cartoons and live action were working together. And I thought it was the coolest thing that the two of them were working together and whatever. So I was in love with Pete's dragon as a kid. And then I remember going to Disney world and the electrical light parade goes down the street and here's a giant Pete's dragon. And I was like, Oh my gosh, it's Pete's dragon. And my mom's like, yeah. And I'm like, no, that's Pete's dragon. And I'm like, so excited to see Pete's dragon there. And then, you know, the light parade went away. And so I was very sad about that. We went, when we went to the park two weeks ago, I was like, we have to see the electrical light parade. And my wife is like, it's not here. I'm like, what? I'm like, I need to see Pete's dragon. I'm like, Disneyland. yeah, I'm like, it's somewhere. <laughs> I know I heard it on one of these Disney podcasts that I listen to. I know it's there. And then we found out that it was a Disneyland and I was on the wrong coast. So I couldn't see it again. So I'm going to say something very controversial. Bring it back. Keep it. Keep it in Disney World. Uh, I love you it. You can have I, it. I love it. Oh, because it's, it's nostalgic. I mean, it, it reminds me of when I was a 10-year-old kid standing there. I remember in I was in eighth grade. We went at Christmas time, and it was so cold. We were wearing our winter coats around Disney World because it was they were in the middle of a frost or whatever. There was ice under the trees and everything. I just remember it was really, really cold. And I remember seeing Electrical Light Parade and loving it. So for all you people that don't like it, you can bring Pete's Dragon into my backyard and I can, I'll can i just light it up every night in my backyard. <laughs> so that, I think you have to fight Teresa for it. Teresa also really loves Pete's Dragon from the Electrical Parade. Well, then there we go. We'll share it. We'll, we'll have split custody of it. She can have it uh, six months out of the year and I'll have it the other six months out of the year. There you go. Uh, so that's that's it for me. I love that movie and seeing it in the Electrical Light Parade. Eric, what about you? Elliot is a standout of that parade for sure. And uh, clearly, we're, we're now taking digs at Teg because Teg also says, no, the, the Electrical Light Parade should go at some point. By the way, Please. just because I feel like uh, people are probably screaming right now at their headphones, it's the Main Street Electrical Parade. I'm sorry. I just know that people will get upset about it. The thing that really grasped me was going to Disney World itself. As a Midwest kid, it was a huge deal to go to Disney World, and we got to go a few times when I was a kid, whether it was a big trip where we stayed near the, the parks and we went a few times, or even there was one time we went just one day into the magic kingdom and we stayed near downtown Disney and we didn't do anything. I mean, downtown Disney was Disney enough. It had Disney on the name. Right. And we spent a lot of time by the pool. So these, these experiences were great. I went in high school. I've talked a little bit about that heat machine. Um, uh, you know, shout out to all of my, my heat machine bros and, and, and ladies. Uh, <laughs> but as an adult, I went back to, Walt Disney World on my honeymoon and in subsequent years and re-experienced the place and made that mix of nostalgia and new memories. I think that time period was perfect for our generation for digging up memories of the past and, and saying, we have new things too, I bet. And uh, it, yeah, it, like it was, it was the right mix because after a few visits, I went, I want to know everything about these parks because I've been obsessed about them since I was a kid. And all I ever had was a few ABC specials with Regis Philbin. I want to know more. And that's what did it for me. Uh, it was, was really going back and saying, I love this. I still love it. What else is there? Lindsay, what about you? I love all of those stories. Thanks guys. So for me, I grew up in California, not too far from Disneyland. So I go pretty frequently with my family and I just love it. But we also, my family was one of the early adopters of the Disney Channel on cable. So I watched a lot of that as a kid. My husband makes fun of me that I missed a lot of the pop culture of the 80s because all I know, I can tell, I guess, 
80s, I was too young. 90s, I was all in on Disney Channel. So I can't tell you any of the like network TV shows that were happening then, but I can tell you everything on the Disney Channel. And I don't know if anybody else will remember these, but sometimes like between shows, they would have these mini documentaries that showed behind the scenes of Disney theme parks. I remember there was one episode where it showed like how they clean the Pirates of the Caribbean at night when the parks close. They have like scuba divers that go into the water and like grab trash and stuff. I just thought that was so cool. So I loved watching those and it just kind of really drove home my love for Disneyland and all of those cool, like lesser known secrets and behind the scenes things that I, to this day, I still love. And side note, I also, I'm telling you, I was into Disney as a kid. I also subscribed to Disney Adventures Magazine. Yes. Anybody remembers that? Okay, cool. Yeah. They had a lot of good stories about, I don't know, theme park stuff and like behind the scenes of Disney movies and stuff. So I loved all of that. I was all in. I want to tell you though, uh, I wish that Disney would get back to, I feel like when in Walt's time and then like in the eighties, there was a lot of that behind the scenes stuff and they, and, and it was kind of fun and entertaining and kind of natural where I feel like Disney is so like they put on such a show nowadays. Like everything has to be so like everything, like even the, even the Christmas parade is like recorded months in advance and like edited perfectly. It's like, why can't you just go live like they do for like the, like the Macy's Thanksgiving parade? Like, why can't it be spontaneous and fun? And, you know, even when they do like these other things, it's just, it's all so scripted and it's like, they have jokes that just don't land well. Cause it's like, ha ha ha. Like, I don't know. Why can't they just show some behind the scenes stuff, show some of the cool stuff they're working on? That type of stuff. We don't really get a lot of that now. So I'm with you, Lindsay. I wish they'd bring some of that stuff, especially Disney Plus, especially some of the older stuff that they've like made already. All they have to do is like brush it off and throw it on the platform. Yeah. They need another version of the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Another version. <laughs> I I wish they would bring back like Walt Disneyland TV show, you know, the one that like financed the park. That would be amazing to watch. Did you did you ever watch uh like on, on Disney Channel back in the day, like after like ten or eleven PM, they'd have Vault Disney? Yeah. And they brought back like they had all the like older stuff. I loved that. And almost none of it's on Disney Plus. Yeah. Come on, Disney Plus. Be so easy. Well, that does it for this episode of the Hub Crawl. If you want to hear our special bonus question, which is talking about uh what Disney should get rid of or divest from, which uh Rob has some strong words for that word. Uh <laughs> Become a supporter at any level at thehubcrawl.com slash support, and you can get that question. But for now, we'd like to thank our guest, Lindsay. Thanks for having me. This is super fun. And thanks to Rob. Thank you, Bantha Milk Podcast. <laughs> Joy- <laughs> Bantha Milk Podcast. Definitely go check that out. And if you're planning a Disney vacation, Lindsay is top-notch. And even if you don't plan a vacation with her, go check out her Instagram, uh, which is what? Boy Mom? Boy Mom at Disneyland. To be clear, I plan trips. Not just to Disneyland, Disney World, Disney Cruise Line, Alani. I cover yeah, it. Any, any, yes, exactly. But we talked earlier about Philander having all types of cool stuff like Imagineer. Like Lindsay puts a lot of effort into her Instagram as well and is also worth a, a subscribe. Oh, thanks. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you later.